0: Well, how are you guys doing tonight? Get wow. It. Wow, that was, a, that was a very eventful uh, hello. Do it again, I wasn't How you guys doing tonight? So good. Woo! Wow, that's yeah. so scary. Okay, maybe you guys are doing better than I thought you were going to do, which is actually a little bit scary for me. Well, hey, if this is your first time, welcome. You guys are awesome, we like you. Hopefully, we're not too scary. Some of us get a little bit scary. Uh, If anyone starts drooling, if anyone starts drooling on you, let me know and I will be the first one to get them a tissue. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. It was the first thing that came to my mind. If I'm weird, if I'm weird, just laugh at me. Uh, uh, Well, hey guys, we are going to continue in our study through the book of John. Um, Our sermon series is titled, I Saw the Light, uh, which reminds me when we played that song, um, y'all... Not have the greatest rhythm. <laughs> um, I have the words. You are not <laughs> colored, I not colored to by any means. Okay. <laughs> friends don't let Friends clap. Uh, on oh, one and three. All oh, right. Come on, guys. When it's an offbeat song, please clap on the offbeats. Um, I'm in the background. Like, like, it was great. It's all good, though. We saw the light. Now, that's our sermon series. A little bit of review. We've been going for 13 weeks. And we're hitting Chapter 5 right now. Um... So maybe for you that's normal in church to take forever. Uh, If it's not, uh, we normally would want to do one chapter a week. But in 13 weeks, we've covered four chapters. And there are a lot more weeks ahead of us. Uh, I don't have time tonight to review uh, everything. So if you want to know what we've been talking about, if you missed a week, if you missed all the weeks... Uh, or if you're picking up, you we're here the first few weeks. Uh, let us know. We have all the sermons recorded. You can get them. Uh, catch up where we've been. Uh, but we're in John chapter five. Uh, so let me see your Bibles. If you guys got a Bible, uh, put your Bible up in the air. Wait minute, like you just don't, no, okay. Um I, I have a few. I have a few extra Bibles there in the back. Uh, Sam, do you mind grabbing? Next to the computer, there are two Bibles. Uh, Over there, we can grab those. How many of you guys got a smartphone Bible? Let me see your smartphone Bibles. Alright, everyone, 21st century, your lightsaber of the Spirit, not your sword of the Spirit. We love those people. Um, Good times. Sam's got a Bible. So if you need a Bible, just throw your hand up in the air. And Sam's got two Bibles. He'll hook you up uh, for the evening. And uh, we're turning to John chapter 5. So when you get to John chapter 5, let me know by saying, Holla. Holla. Not there yet. Let me know by saying "hold up." All right, a lot more hold ups. So we're just gonna hold up. Is that what you're gonna do? We're gonna hold up just just a tad bit. It's like a it's like a bank robbery. so hold up. That's good. You guys having a good week so far? I know it's only Tuesday, so the week's technically been going well. If you use the Western calendar, the week's been going. This is the second day. If you use a real calendar, uh, we've been going for three days. Um, Sunday being the first week or the first day of the week. So, how many of you guys' young weeks are going well? Anyone got a good week so far? can has got a birthday tomorrow. Happy! Is going to be born either tonight or tomorrow? That'd be a sweet birthday present. Have a nephew born. That's awesome. Um, good times. Well, if you guys are all there, you guys are all there. John chapter five, rock solid. Here we are. Uh, I'm going to read the whole thing. Uh, not really the whole thing. I'm just going to read up through verse sixteen. Uh, so follow along with me. Uh, I'm reading on the New King James. I brought with me tonight, just because I wanted to be funny. Uh, It's called the Word on the Street Bible. I love that Bible. Uh, This is a Bible attempt. I say attempt because it's not really very Bible ish, but I use ish uh, properly. Uh, This is the Bible translated into Ebonics. And if you don't know what Ebonics are, it's uh, literally the Word on the Street. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but I was going to read out of it tonight, but John chapter 5 is not in there. Like I said, they leave some things out. It's a street Bible. Some of it fell out on the road. So uh, it's fun. It's a good read. Look it up on your own time. Mid-times. Good times. Good fun. I know, right? I try. Uh, no, I don't try. I actually fail all the time. This is what it says. John chapter 5, verse 1. Follow along with me. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, There was a pool, which was called in Hebrew Bethesda, having (laughs) five porches, In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, and waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever the disease that he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. Then Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in the condition a long time. And he said to him, Do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming down, another steps in before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, Who was cured? Is it the Sabbath? This is not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he answered them and said, Hey, he who has made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. And then they asked him, Who is the man who said this to you? Take up your bed and walk. But no, uh, but the one who was healed did not know who it was for Jesus had withdrawn. Uh, And a multitude began in that place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Mm -hmm. And the men departed and told the Jews, It was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Question. Um, the girls and I were talking at Girls Retreat. Can you do a mini sermon at some point soon on this? Topic? Sure, Thank sure. You. We'll talk a little bit about it even tonight. That's Perfect. good. Well, let's pray. Uh, and then we'll dive into God's word. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. God, it penetrates uh, God, through our bone and our marrow to our soul and our spirit. God, and we pray that tonight, God, your word would speak to us uh, at our most inner being. God, I pray that your word would bring change. Uh, God, that every single one of us, we would not leave here the same as we came, but God, we would be changed uh, for the good by your word. God, your word has so much in it, Uh, God, so much truth, Uh, God, and we just want to be rocked by your word tonight. Uh, So God, I pray that you would speak through me, that none of my words, uh, God, that would be of me, Uh, God, that uh, that I wouldn't be able to get them out of my mouth, God, that that your perfect word would come through. Uh, God, anything that be of me may just fall on deaf ears. Uh, but God, we want your perfect uh, and true word to ring out. So God, we thank you and we praise you. Uh, in your name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. How many of you guys, how many of you guys uh, have heard of the word mercy? Anyone here mercy? Raise your hand if you've heard of the word mercy. I've heard of it. Okay, yeah, you heard of it. Yeah, it's kind of a word that most people have heard. Um, if you guys haven't heard the word mercy, have heard the word merciful, because the word mercy is hidden in merciful. Um, or, merciless, which means no mercy. We're going to be talking a lot about mercy tonight. Um, and uh, that's actually what the whole night's about. Uh, John chapter 5, the first portion of it, is all about mercy. So if you don't know a whole lot about mercy, uh, we're going to kind of unpack what is all about uh, tonight. But mercy is not a natural human trait. Um, and uh, at least not here in Western culture. In Western culture, we like to focus a lot on uh, strength. And uh, courage and justice and mercy is not a natural uh, human trait. Uh, we have a hard time uh, with those who need help. Okay, uh, naturally, when we see people who are in, in need, something uh, we tend to look the other way, like the other direction. That's the natural, uh, the, the natural tendency. It's like uh, I don't want to really get my feet dirty, my hands dirty. I'm just going to continue doing my thing. But here's the thing. Uh, uh, people are in need of mercy, right? Okay, people are in need uh, of help. I've heard it said before, and I remember hearing it said. Maybe you've heard it said before that God helps those who help themselves. How many of you guys have ever heard God helps them who helps themselves? Okay, uh, not a lot of you raised your hand. That's that's probably a good thing because uh, I remember hearing it when I was younger. People were like, "Yeah, it's in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, it's in the Bible. God helps those." Who help themselves. Who help themselves. Uh, newsflash, that's not in the Bible anywhere. Uh, God doesn't help those who help themselves. That's just not biblical. Uh, God actually helps those who are helpless. Uh, this phrase, God helps those who help themselves, was actually written by, you guys ready for this? Benjamin Franklin. You guys know who Ben Franklin is? Yes. The kite and the key and the electricity. We have lights, uh, thanks to Thomas Edison, not Benjamin Franklin. But he got electric. Um Good times. Uh, and he wrote this down in his... Good, uh, good Almanac uh, from 1757. Great, great times. But God helps those who are helpless. Uh, God is merciful is a statement that appears in the Bible 300 times. Okay? So, yeah, that's a lot of times in the Bible. God is merciful... Three hundred times, and mercy is talked about more than three hundred times in the Bible. So, normally, when we see something in the Bible repeated over and over again, especially in reference to God, uh, it's one of God's priorities, and it's one of God's priorities uh, for us. Uh, it says uh, in the book of Deuteronomy that I am the Lord your God, and the very next tagline after I am the Lord your God, it is the merciful. So, I am the Lord your God, the merciful. So, God's mercy is throughout the Old Testament. Many people who have never actually read the Bible are like, well, yeah, you know, from what I've heard, God's pretty judgmental in the Old Testament. Like, He talks about killing people all the time. Uh, But God's actually very merciful, okay? Uh, And we don't have time to unpack the Old Testament tonight. Uh, We really don't have time to unpack the New Testament tonight. We're going to unpack Chapter 5. But it's all about God's mercy. In Ephesians, uh, Ephesians Chapter 2, we're told how we, as human beings, uh, we are... Uh, from the time that we are born, we are dead in our sin. Okay? Because of our trespasses, because of what we have done, we are born into a bloodline that is a sinful bloodline. Um, we are dead in our sin. And then Ephesians tells us, but God, so we are dead in our sin, but God, two of the most theologically important words you'll ever see in scripture, but God, uh, and then it goes on to say right after, but God, in His mercy has brought us back to life, okay, and it's through his son Jesus, and we're going to talk about that uh, tonight, Uh, but just has uh, a lot of mercy, and in this section of scripture, uh, we see a uh, guy who's sick, who's at a gate, and at a pool, that is at that gate, and the pool's name is Bethesda, everyone say Bethesda, Bethesda. (laughs) all right, one more time, because I didn't see everyone do it, Bethesda. All right, right, okay, we, we, we don't name our pools that, we normally just name them swimming pool, not Bethesda pool, uh, but, that was a joke, you can laugh, it's okay, right, swimming pool, okay, okay, bad, um, check that one off the list, don't use that ever again, um, Bethesda actually is a Hebrew word uh, that means house of mercy. Go figure. We're talking about mercy and Bethesda means house of mercy but it really wasn't a house of mercy at this time. It is told to us here in the scripture, there's a lot of sick people, a lot of blind people, a lot of lame people, not like people that are losers lame but people who like can't walk or move lame Uh, and there's probably some losers there too. So it's a house of misery, not a house of uh, mercy and uh, lots of people wallowing in their sickness and uh, just not a very uh, fun place to be. At this time period, uh, when we look at the Bible, okay, we want to know what time period and what things are going on so we can better understand uh, the context of everything. And at this time period, uh, the Jews and Israel is under the rule of the Roman Empire. Uh, and the Romans, they did not like mercy at all. Um, mercy was looked upon actually as a weakness. Um, and uh, I just watched a movie recently uh, I'm actually, I think I'm going to endorse two movies in this, but I'm not really endorsing them. I'm just telling you I watched them. Uh, I watched this movie uh, called Pompeii. Has anyone ever seen Pompeii? It's like a newer movie. It's decent. I mean, it's, it's not the gladiator, but it's close. Not even close. But uh, at one point in there, they talk about mercy, and the Roman soldier's like, yeah, mercy is weakness. And I was like, oh, hey, I just put that in my sermon. What do you know? Um, it was actually said by a Roman philosopher, listen to this, uh, mercy is the disease of the soul. Mercy is the disease of the soul. So to the Romans, mercy was kind of like, no, you don't show mercy because we are all about strength, we're all about honor, we're all about courage, justice, and all that fun stuff. And mercy uh, was not at the forefront. In all reality, it was a merciless world. Paul, when writing to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 1, uh, tells us that the world uh, is a malicious And a merciless place. A place where no mercy abounds uh, and just a really sad situation. Uh, So here we have Jesus uh, and Jesus uh, is going to step into a merciless situation uh, and he is going to share mercy. He's going to touch some folks with uh, some mercy. And here's the thing, Uh, not only does he touch someone with mercy, not only does he change this person's life, because this person literally could not walk, and Jesus says walk, and they walk, but he also changes their soul and their eternal destiny, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, Uh, but Jesus, Jesus commands us to do the same thing, Jesus commands us to show mercy wherever we go, Jesus says this, blessed are those who are Merciful. Okay, Jesus is all about mercy. Have you guys heard me say mercy at least 50 times tonight? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. I haven't actually counted how many times. Mercy is the word of the day. Word of the day brought to you by Count Dracula. You guys watch Sesame Street You guys remember Sesame Street? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Here's a little thing about Sesame Street. Well, because it's the word of the day, like vowel of the day. Yeah, word of the day, mercy. Uh, I have one little side note about Sesame Street. Uh, do any of you guys remember the theme song to Sesame Street? No. It was a little bit like, can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street? you guys know they never answer that question? No. We never know how to get to Sesame Street. I've always wanted to go see Big Bird and snuffle up and guess, but I can't get to Sesame Street because they don't tell me how. What about Grouch? I don't like Grouch. He's a Grouch. But I've got to show mercy on Grouch, so we'll do it. All right, back to the, back to the sermon. Uh, those who are followers of Jesus, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, uh, then you innately will become someone who is merciful. Let me say that again. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you will innately become someone who is merciful. Why? Okay? What is a follower of Jesus? Well, a follower of Jesus is a Disciple, okay? And the term disciple literally means apprentice to a master. And it means someone who is becoming, the apprentice is becoming like their master in entirety, so that they then can become a master who would take on apprentices. So if we are following Christ, if we are claiming to be disciples of Christ, then we are going to take on all of Christ's attributes. Paul says, follow my example I follow the example of Christ. We're told by Paul to be imitators of Christ. The word Christian actually means little Christ. It means I am a mini representation figure of Jesus. So if we are Christians, if we are Christians, then we will become merciful. But that is not our human nature and mercy is not what we're always about. Um, I got a really cool story about mercy. Uh, I heard this. uh, I was listening to a pastor talk about mercy and he told this story. I was like, that is a sweet story. I'm going to tell my group about this story. It's pretty cool. Uh, back in the day, uh, well, still today, actually, uh, but back in the day, uh, the American Red Cross, you guys heard of the American Red Cross? How many of you guys have your American Red Cross blood donor card? I
1: okay, know. that's not even
0: on topic of what I'm saying, but that's cool. Um, give blood. I, I did it in high school. Fun. Um, so the American Red Cross was doing some aid uh, to this country in Africa that was really going through a civil war, tearing to and uh, So the American Red Cross was going and doing some aid there. And at one point, uh, this guy and a few of his buddies, they come to the American Red Cross Donation Center uh, where they're taking donations for, uh, for aid to go to this African nation. Uh, And these folks, they come and they say, hey, you know, we've recently converted to Christianity, uh, and and God's really changed the way we act, He's changed our hearts. Uh, So we have these boxes full of things that we want to see if you could use uh, to help uh, bring some aid to those who are in need. And the American Red Cross uh, said, yeah, this is awesome, Uh, we'll do it. And uh, so they did it. So when it gets to Africa, they open it up, and this is a real story Okay, you can go look at it up on the Google or the Google, the internet. You can Google it on the Google on the internet. Uh, they open up the boxes and there's like hundreds of Ku Klux Klan robes. Okay, These dudes used to be in the Ku Klux Klan. They became Christians. They had these giant white robes. They said, we don't have any use for them anymore. Maybe you can find use for them. And they were cut into little strips that ended up being band-aids that helped be the band-aids for like thousands of these African people talk about a complete role reversal and like mercy at its finest. I know it, it, it's crazy, but that is what mercy is all about. And Jesus, uh, Jesus is going to give us a model for mercy, uh, in this section of scripture. So all that being said, uh, that was the intro and now we're going to dive into the sermon. Woohoo, long intros. Uh, so if you're taking notes, which I see a few of you guys taking notes, um, I would encourage you guys to take notes, not because I think I have anything good to say, uh, because I really have bad jokes, Uh, but just so you can remember what God's Word has to say. They say you have an 80% better chance at remembering or retaining information if you take notes. I'm also doing your college professors a uh, good job here by saying, hey, take notes in college as well. College professors are all giving me $10 for that, so it's going to be good. Uh, but yeah, don't no, take notes. And then if you read them a second time, it jumps up to like 96% better chance at retaining it. And if you read it out loud, if you take notes and you read it out loud, you're like retaining of uh, the knowledge that you learn is like 98%. Okay, so take notes because uh, I think notes are important. Uh, Jesus is going to give us four things uh, that we deal with uh, when we're talking about mercy And all of them uh, kind of uh, unfold here in this passage of Scripture. The first one, if you're taking notes, uh, the first part of mercy that we're going to experience or that we should do to be merciful is to gather frequently. Okay? Point number one is gather frequently. Everyone say gather. Gather frequently. 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 Nice. You guys would be a great third grade class. That's what third grade teachers do. I'm not patronizing you, I promise. Uh, uh, But Jesus... This is what verse 1 says. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Okay, Jesus is in Jerusalem all the time in the Gospels. uh, And there's a feast of the Jews. We actually don't know what feast this was, um, but... Scholars would say maybe it was probably Passover, a Passover at the time. Uh, And so Jesus goes up to Jerusalem. Now, I want to make a few points uh, tonight about Jesus' ministry, because I think these are really important. Uh, You guys know Jesus at the time uh, was Jewish, right? Not just Jewish by blood, but Jewish by religion. When Jesus was on the planet, there was no such thing as Christianity, because Christianity was about Jesus, and Jesus being there. Jesus was a Jew. Okay, everyone tracking with that? Okay, we're solid? Everyone got that? Did you guys know Jesus was not a Christian? Okay, solid. Now we're going to roll. Judaism, however... Today, and back then, uh, was in no means a perfect religion, was in no means uh, a perfect thing. But, even though it was imperfect, uh, Jesus still used this uh, as a vehicle to minister. Uh, Jesus was a very Jewish man. He grew up in the temple, okay? Okay. Uh, from the time he was 12, he had his bar mitzvah in the temple. Like, Jesus legitimately was a Jew of Jews. This dude was in the temple all the time. He went to synagogue all the time. We see it in Scripture. He was in synagogue all the time. You got a question. I see your hand raised. Um, did they wear yarmulkes back then? Possibly. I don't know, actually. Uh, but I'm going to say no, but close. So... Wikipedia it on the Google. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, feel free to ask questions if you guys want. If you guys get bored listening to me, uh, you can ask questions. I might not answer them always, but uh, feel free to ask questions. Uh, but Jesus grew up in the temple. Uh, he went to synagogue uh, each week. We're told in the uh, told in the scriptures. Um, this is how Jewish Jesus was. Uh, it said uh, in Galatians chapter four. It says that Jesus was born into. The law, like he was literally born like I am Jew through and through. It's not supposed to rhyme, but it did. Um, and he used, uh, this time as being Jew. He used, uh, synagogues. He used the temple. He used feasts. Um, as what's that? Did you get number, two? number two. Point number two. Oh no, we're gonna be on point number one for another ten minutes at least. Okay. It's, just, it's all good. Uh, but Jesus used these gatherings, uh, to further, uh, God's. Plan. Okay, uh, in these gatherings, Jesus furthers God's plan, and I would argue that the best uh, opportunity for us to get to know people and to get to know people's needs is to gather frequently. Okay, I want to say that again. The greatest opportunity for us to get to know people and to get to know what people's needs are is to gather frequently. It's become a really big trend in America, to do my own personal Christianity, my own personal Jesus. Like, I don't go to church because me and Jesus, we have our own little relationship thing going on. Uh, That's not good, okay? I I want you guys all to hear that. Uh, It's not good to be alone. It's not good to try and do this Personal Jesus, I don't need church, okay? Uh, I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor. Uh, I'm saying that because that's what the Bible has to say. And we're going to get there in just a second. But uh, God's flock or God's church or God's gathering or God's fellowship uh, needs mercy. Would you guys agree that there are people uh, who need your help? Okay, look around the room right now. There are people who need your help in this room. Uh, I probably need some of you guys' help. It would be really nice. I don't know how to tie my shoes. No, I'm joking. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon said this. Uh, he said, "Some try uh, to go to heaven alone in solitude, but Christians are not. Uh, com- Can you read my own notes? But Christians are not compared to bears, lions, or other animals who live alone. Uh, but Christians are compared to sheep because sheep like to be together. Uh, we as Christians." We should like to be together. Okay, look at your neighbor and say hi. I like you. I want to be together with you. Okay, now look at the person who you didn't look to because you were a little like awkwarded. Uh, look to the other side and say I actually really want to be with you too. Wesley, that whiteboard loves you. Actually, you probably just see a reflection, so you might love yourself. So good. All right. I just digressed and I lost all of you guys. That's awesome. Can I rein you all back in? Yes, I am with you. I like to be together with you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Wow. People just want to be together. That's great. Okay, so what does it mean uh, and what does this have to do with mercy? What does being together, what does gathering frequently have to do uh, with mercy? It's simple. When we do this, we get to know the needs of the church. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles real quick to Galatians. Um, Galatians chapter 6. And when you get to Galatians chapter 6, uh, we're going to be looking at verse 10. This is what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, Therefore which is a good word, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. That's a good like statement. When we have the opportunity, let us do good to all. Right. But then it breaks it down even more. It said, especially to those who are in the household of faith. So when given the opportunity, do good to everybody, but especially to those who are in church. Does that make sense? And to do good to someone who is in church, you might have to know the person, so you might have to go to church. I know, it kind of works that way. It's crazy. Uh, To show mercy, we don't have to look very far. Uh, So why do people go to church? Uh, Why do people go to church? I'm going to throw that out. Now I'm going to ask you guys a question. Why do people go to church? To grow. Okay, to grow. Great. What's another reason why people go to church? What's that? Social Yeah, it's a social life. To be close to God. To be close to God. Great. Why do people go to church? What's another one? To learn? To learn? Great. To look spiritual. There you go. To look spiritual. That's good. Not to be spiritual, but to look spiritual. That's good. Why do people go to church? I'm asking a question. I I want you guys to just fire answers at me. That's a great one. Because they want to. Okay, that's good. What's another reason why people go to church? Because people from work ask them to. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Weddings and funerals? Weddings and funerals. That's great. People go to church for weddings and funerals. People go to church for Easter and Christmas. Those are the CEOs of church. Christmas Easter only is awesome. To find a spouse. That's a great reason to go to church. Awesome. Um, Any other reasons why people might go to church? Because their parents make them. What was that? Wait, what did you say? Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I'd say probably one of the number one reasons in America why people go to church is because they feel obligated to, whether it's their parents tell them to, or they're dead afraid of the big voice in the sky saying, I'm going to crush you if you don't go to church. Uh, people just feel obligated to go to church, okay? Uh, and since people feel obligated to church, like they feel like it's a duty, like I should go to church. I'll tell you this, this is funny, um, if I could have my way uh, I like to just hang out, and so sometimes, like some Sunday mornings, I wake up like I do not want to go to church this morning. I would rather sleep in. It's a Sunday, okay? Yeah. Raise your hand if you're tracking with me. You'd rather not go to church on Sunday. Yeah, it happens, okay? Uh, but since I'm a pastor, uh, and since I just do the like just do the, uh, I go to church all the time. But I see people in like Starbucks. I see people in public who know I'm a pastor. And uh, uh, <laughs> they come up to me sometimes and this is awesome uh, and if you said this I love you still I'm not making fun of you I promise uh, but people will come up to me and start to be like hey Matt, how's it going I should really be in church it's like they try to like, beat me to the punch like that's what I'm going to say hey I didn't see you in church I was like no but like people are like Yeah, I should really, I should really go this week, shouldn't I? And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe you should. I don't know. Uh, but like, people feel obligated to be to church. Uh, some people feel like they're forced to be to church. How many of you guys have ever felt forced to go to church? I hope Wesley didn't like pull a knife on you guys to bring you guys tonight. Uh, but that's awesome. Uh, yeah, some people feel forced to church. Like, some people feel forced, like their parents have, their parents have like, suppressed them and be like, you need to go to church, like, your grandma went to church, your great grandma went to church, I went to church, so you're going to church. Uh, and for some people, that's how they grew up, and then when they, like, turned 18 and they're able to make their own decisions, they're like, I don't want to go to church. It's real. Uh, other people, I'd say the number two biggest reason why people go to church uh, is really, it's a social aspect, okay? Okay. Um, Going to church, there's a lot of people, and there's a good opportunity to just talk to people, chat with people, laugh at people, uh, actually like, make fun of them, and then laugh at people. Uh, it's like one giant Facebook party at church. Woohoo! Everyone having a good time doing their own thing. Uh, hashtag church social. Um, but uh, it's a good place to meet people. Maybe it's a good place to meet uh, like friends. Maybe it's a good place to meet spouses. Uh, like, okay, so good people go to church. And if I want to marry a good person, I'll go to church to find them. Maybe. I don't know if that's how it works. Uh, But then there's people. I like this one. um, There are people who go to church because uh, they want to get to know God. They want to uh, be a part of His glory. They want to uh, hear His Word. They want to take place in worship. That's great. Um, But uh, I think there's a fourth reason why people go to church. uh, It's probably the... Maybe the lowest on the list, but it's probably one of the most noble, and it, it should be a reason why we all want to go to church. Uh, and that is uh, to go to church uh, to be used by God to bless others. Okay, We should go to church uh, to be used by God to bless others. Turn with me, if you will, just a few pages forward in your Bibles uh, to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, there's a very important verse. I didn't make this up. This is actually in the Bible. It might even be in the Word on the Street Bible. I don't know. But it says this. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses uh, 24 and 25. And it says this. And let us consider one another. So now look at the person on your right. And say, I consider you. I consider you. I consider you. That's so we'll look at the person on your left and say, I consider you. I consider you. There we go. We just considered one another. We just followed the Bible. Yeah! Okay, so consider one another uh, in order to stir up love and good works. Okay, you don't have to stir your neighbor. That's a little weird. Uh, But then it goes on this. Not forsaking the gathering together of each other, okay, as in the manner that some do, but exhort one another as so much more you see the day approaching. Here's what the author of Hebrews on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit says. He said, don't forsake the gathering together of the saints. Okay? Do not forsake going to church. Well, then the argument is like, well, Matt, doesn't the Bible say, like, we are the church? The church isn't four walls. It's not a building like we are. Yeah, we are the church. Okay, that's great. Um, but Jesus also says this. He says, upon this rock I will build my church. You now, the Roman Catholic Church has said, oh, that's talking about Peter. No, actually, the Greek word there for rock is actually pebble, and on these pebbles being who? First Peter tells us that we are living stones tightly fit together. So the church is individual people being built up on one another. So us together is the church. Does that make sense? Let's say that again. You individually, you are the church, you are the temple of Christ, but the church is built up of you, me, you, them, all of us, tightly knit together, we are the church. So it's important to Gather frequently. Point number one. Gather frequently. Yeah, a bug flew in the room. That's what happens when the door gets cracked. It's great. I love it. Okay, point number two. I said I have four points. We're on point number two. And I've got a few more minutes to go. Okay. Point number two says this. If you're going to do this whole mercy thing, if you want to understand how to do mercy, one, you need to observe compassionately. Okay? Everyone say observe. observe. Compassionately. You guys are getting really good at that. I love that. Verses 2 through 6 of John chapter 5. You guys can flip back. You guys can close your Bible if you want to. Do that. That's okay. Uh, John chapter 5 verses 2 through 6 says this. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which was called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In there lay a multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. for. Uh, at a certain time, an angel went down and stirred up the water, and anyone who went in the water was healed of any disease that he had. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. And then Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already had this condition that he had had for a long time. And Jesus said to him, Do you want to be made well? I should get a penis right here for fast. That was good. Okay. Uh, the Pool of Bethesda, just so you guys know, context, it was about a two to three feet deep pool. It was a large rectangle, and it was used to wash animals that were going to be ready to be sacrificed. It was by the Sheep Gate. Can anyone just take a random stab in the dark? What kind of animals they washed in this pool? Sheep. <laughs> <Right>. Sheep. Yeah. <laughs> sheep. Yeah, they washed sheep yeah. for the sacrifice there. So if you guys can just imagine with me, like, thinking caps on kindergarten style. Imagine with me a gigantic pool that is used actually as a bathtub for sheep. It's got a bunch of people who are sick uh, with diseases like leprosy and like open sores and like uh, they didn't have deodorant back then. And so there's a lot of people, most scholars would say at any given day, there was five, like between 300 and 500 folks there. But during feast weeks, there was up to 3000. Okay. So we're talking first century hygiene open sores and pussing and good stuff. And uh, yeah, that's disgusting, right? And sheeps being washed and then being slaughtered. The smell, the smell would probably be really bad. And uh, that's just the kind of place it was. Um, this whole thing about like the bubbling of angels, uh, uh, scholars have devised it and they have through archaeological evidence, I've seen that there was an underground uh, spring there that would bubble up at certain times during the day. Uh, so a story circulated that an angel had come down and stirred up the water, uh, and it was mineral kinds of waters, uh, and so folks were being uh, healed. Really cool uh, things that were going on. But it's important uh, to note one thing. How many of you guys have a King James Bible? Not a new King James, but a King James. Okay, so like the old English with all the and of these and the knoweth, and the thines, and the dies and the all those weird words that we don't use any word. Uh, The the King James Version says it was a bunch of impotent folks. Impotent folks. Now, now we've changed the wordage of that a little bit. Um, But impotent literally means those who are too weak to help themselves. Go figure. This is a place full of people who are too weak to help themselves. In Jesus, He sees a specific person. Okay. Now, just because I love Greek words, and I know you guys do too, the Greek word here for Jesus saw, the word saw there is the word edu. Everyone say edu. Okay, yeah. So this literally means to perceive beyond what is seen. You guys get that? Perceive beyond what is seen. So I see you, but I'm like... I think I like, know a little bit more about your situation. Because it's Jesus. He does that. Uh, so Jesus scans the crowd, uh, and he locks in uh, on this uh, on this individual who had been sick for 38 years. Uh, and when I think of this, Jesus like scanning the crowd and then locking in. I just saw a movie. This is the second movie I said I was going to see. I watched this movie. I think it was from like 2008, maybe. Uh, it had Russell Crowe. It was directed by Ridley Scott. It had uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in it as well. Uh, It's called Body of uh, Lies. Yeah, Body of Lies. It it was a decent movie. Uh, But at one point, they do like this satellite zoom in and it's like click, 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 click. And like zoom in on like a person and like then the fly on the person's shoulder like zoomed in. I don't even know. I put it in here because Jesus locks it on satellite. Fun, cool, okay. Uh, Sometimes you don't put things in sermons. Okay, Matthew chapter nine, verse 36 tells us that Jesus sees uh, the needs of people and that he's sensitive uh, to these needs. So, Because Jesus perceives, He sees beyond what is being seen by eyes. Like that's my prayer. Like I would love for myself to be able to look at someone and be like, "All right, I know this person's struggling." Okay, and now I want to extend mercy, Stephen. You got rear-ended. Your bumper. I know it's. it's... Yeah, like he really did get rear-ended. Not a good time. Okay, back on topic. Okay, uh, that's my prayer for myself. And since uh, uh, since Jesus showing mercy and stuff, the church. Uh, has really taken mercy and everything, uh, to the extreme. Uh, churches throughout history have built hospitals, orphanages, um, they did like relief work. Do you guys remember when that earthquake took place in Haiti? Do you guys remember that? That was a while back. Churches were like all about, like, let's send a missions team to Haiti, let's raise money for Haiti. Uh, great things. A buddy of my dad, uh, a buddy of mine, his dad is the vice president of Medical Teams International. Like, really cool things going on. Uh, lots of money was raised. Uh, for helping uh, Haiti. okay. Uh, Christians like to show mercy. The church tries to show mercy uh, to the best they can. Atheists uh, sometimes ask the question, uh, if God is so loving, if there's a loving God, then why is there hurt and pain in this world? That's a good question. Okay? It's, a, yeah, it's a good question. But, but my question to the atheist would be, if there's so much hurt and pain, why are you sitting here asking the question? Why don't you do something about it? uh and uh just to go along those lines richard dawkins how many of you guys have ever heard of richard dawkins okay really brilliant man he's british so when he talks it sounds cool. uh but uh he's an atheist very outspoken uh and he was like when the whole haiti thing went down he's like hey let's prove that atheists are good people we're gonna raise money so in one month his atheist coalition raised ten thousand dollars pretty cool Uh, and he was like super happy like putting it on all the things well in that same amount of time one Christian organization raised like a hundred million so like the church is all about mercy like we like helping out Uh, there was a testimony I heard I, I, I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, a couple of folks uh, with a church were going into the Middle East, and they were bringing relief and aid uh, to children in a war-torn area. Okay, the Middle East is full of war. Uh, and they weren't allowed to bring things in, so they get stopped by the guy at the airport who's the, the minister um, of religious things in there. He's, he's in the government. Uh, this is back when it was still stopped. The same and so uh, he stops them and says, Hey, why are you bringing this stuff in? Uh, and they say, well, hey, we're not here in the name of America, we're not here in the name of the West, we're, we're we're here in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we just want to bring and help out. And so this is a very uh, militant, this is a very uh, Islamic individual, and he says, wow, okay... Uh, we just figured that all Americans were Christians and that they hated us. And, uh, but we didn't realize there was actually Christian Christians who uh, loved us. And so they led them into the country and they were able to do their thing. Really cool thing. Uh, and so where I'm going with all this is uh, uh, we are to, as believers, we are to be observing people with compassion. Okay? We are to show compassion to all people. So you take your little finger, okay, or your pointer finger. Uh, and point it out yourself, yourself okay, and say, I, I should, should. Be, compassionate. Be, compassionate. be compassionate. Yes, you should. Now go do it. Okay. That, see, it works out great when you guys do that. So when we gather together okay, and when we observe, uh, there's going to be uh, a time where our third point will have to take place. Okay. If you are someone who wants to be merciful, point number three is you are going to have to confront with honesty. Okay, there will come a time when you are going to have to confront somebody honestly. Okay? Uh that's not easy. How many of you guys have ever had to confront one of your friends when they knew they were going through something and it was like they were having a hard time and you had to confront them honestly and be like, hey, come on, let's let's not like get real here. Yeah, it's not it's not ever easy. Um, Jesus asked the guy this in verse six. I I, I love this. Uh I I, th- I think Jesus kinda had a sense of humor. Is it okay to say Jesus had a sense of humor? He, like, yeah. he liked the trick questions. Okay. Jesus sees a dude who was sick for 38 years. Okay. And Jesus asks him, Hey, do you want to get well? Like, duh. I'm here at this place waiting to get healed. Uh, it's like going to a hospital bed. Okay. Uh, I, I was in the hospital eight days at one point. Uh, and someone came in on the fourth day and was like, Man, you probably really wish you weren't here. I was like... Yeah, absolutely, like, it's, it's, that's just, duh, uh, and Jesus asked the question, uh, do you want to be made well, uh, but I think this is the reason why Jesus asked this question, okay, and, and, and this might be the most important uh, point, uh, Jesus knew uh, that this guy was comfortable, okay, he's been there a long time, uh, and Jesus knew he was comfortable, and Jesus was asking um, if he wanted to give up that comfortable lifestyle, um, because uh, imagine you are injured, you can't move, so you're just chilling, uh, you get pretty used to the lifestyle. Uh, what do I mean uh, when I say used to the lifestyle? Well, these guys actually lived pretty good. They got to sit down all day in the shade, by a pool, watch all these people who actually worked for a living, who worked in the very it's the Middle East, very hot area, and got to watch them walk by. Uh, they got to hold out these little buckets where people are like, oh, you're sick. They put money in it, right? So they got these contributions. Uh, they got people who gave them pity all the time, which how many of you guys know when times are like bad you like getting pity i mean let's be honest like okay i'll come eat ice cream with you so that, that's guys don't do that we just but okay good time i try girls do that yeah okay it's not just in the movies okay uh, uh you never have to work okay like, like that's the good life like let's be honest it'd be nice not to ever have to work uh it's an easy life you didn't have to do anything uh i saw this article this is crazy uh Beau posted an article I think it was, like, two days ago about this panhandler uh, who, like, was seen leaving her post on the freeway with her cardboard sign and, like, hopping into, like, a brand-new Escalade, okay? Uh, That is sneaky. Go crazy. Okay, check this out. Um, Good majority, not all panhandlers, like, some are legit, uh, but a good majority of them make up to $300 a day. How many of you guys have made $300 in one day before? Okay. Yeah, like if you've worked construction or something, maybe. But like $300 a day, let's think you're doing it five days a week. That's $1,500 a week, which you factor that into like $6,000 a month, uh, which $6,000 a month like for a year is like $7,200. I mean seventy thousand dollars that's a good life, being a panhandler. Yeah, they have life easy. And so Jesus is asking them, hey, do you want to give up your lifestyle? Because healing this man, healing this man would mean he has to give up his lifestyle. Okay, Jesus confronts a dude who's going through a hard time. And he confronts him honestly. Um, But, uh, how many of you guys know when you have confronted your friends honestly, uh, maybe they're having a comfortable time. Maybe they're used to the situation that they are in. Um, How many times I just spit. That was gross. Uh, How many times uh, have you heard your friends uh, make excuses uh, for why they would like to stay where they are. Yeah, it happens, okay? Uh, Maybe you yourself have made an excuse why you want to stay in your comfortable time when you know you need to change. Check this out. Check this out. This is what the dude says to Jesus. Jesus says, do you want to be made well? And the dude says, well, I have no one to put me in the water. And then he makes another excuse. Because when I try to get to the water, someone always gets there first. It's just, it's kind of comfortable being where I'm at. And uh, and so Jesus, uh, he confronts him very, very um, honestly. Uh, but we like to make excuses. Uh, and when people make excuses, uh, we need to show mercy. Uh, but we need to show them love also. And I'm going to get to the the tough love part of it. Uh, Romans chapter 12 tells us that mercy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Very cool. Um, And I have taken, this is the cool thing about the 21st century and the church in the 21st century. You can take a spiritual gifts test And you can do it online, and it'll tell you what your spiritual gifts are. I've done it multiple times. Like, okay, good times. Uh, But every single time I do it, mercy is like dead last. Like, I am not a very merciful person. Uh, I try to be. Like, and I pray, Jesus, give me more mercy. But, like, when I hear people going through a hard time, it's like, dude, there's the exit door. You can, like, figure out how to get out of this thing. Let's do it, okay? Um, And that's important, but we need to show mercy. Jump to verse 13. This is what verse 13 says. It says, but the one who was healed did not know who it was uh, who had healed him, uh, for Jesus had withdrawn into the multitude uh, that was being at that place. Okay, So then Jesus sees him again in the temple and says, See, you have been made well, now sin no more, lest a worse thing would come upon you. Uh, what could be worse than 38 years of uh, being sick? Uh, try eternal suffering. And Jesus tells him, uh, repent uh, and turn. And Jesus, uh, in his love, confronts and deals with uh, this stuff the person is going with. He deals with not only his physical body, but he deals with his soul. So here's the thing. Mercy is great. Okay? But mercy is only as great as how much you love the person. okay? Uh, because there's a lot of like false mercy. You can pretend like... Oh yeah, that's rough, really rough. But if you truly love the person, you're gonna say, "All right, hey, get up, get up and walk, get up." Okay. And how many of you guys know there's times in your lives where you need a friend to confront you honestly and like kick you in the butt and be like, "Let's go." Have you guys ever just had that friend to get was like a let's go kick? Okay. Yeah, that is a very necessary thing. And if we truly love someone, if we truly have mercy on someone, then we're going to say, "Hey, let's go." But Jesus not only deals with uh his his like physical get up, let's go, deals with his spiritual as well. Uh, and this is what mercy, mercy truly is. Caring not just for the broken body, but for the broken soul. Uh, Augustine uh, one of the great church fathers he said if I weep for a body for which the soul has departed should I not also weep for the soul from which God has departed uh, in essence if I care about someone physically I, I should care so much more about their soul and, uh, and, and that's a very true thing uh, and no message uh, in the gospel uh, is greater uh, than the healing that comes uh, via mercy so what happens when we show Mercy, uh, because not everyone wants to receive mercy. Okay, not everyone wants to receive mercy, and uh, the Pharisees then go on in the in the verses that follow to go on and uh, and give Jesus a hard time about this. Like, yeah, you didn't have like like what are you doing? It was the Sabbath. Yes, we'll talk about the Sabbath at a later time. Uh, But the Sabbath, you weren't able to do any work on the Sabbath, okay? Uh, I have uh, a few friends of mine who are not Jewish, but they work at a Jewish daycare. Uh, And they also get to do, like, some, like, babysitting for Jewish folk. Uh, And this is crazy, okay? I kid you not. uh, In some Jewish homes, because you can't do anything on the Sabbath, and the Sabbath starts Friday night, goes all the way through Saturday night, okay? You You can literally do no work on the Sabbath. So... Jewish inventors, okay, have invented these computer programs that you can pre program like your washing machine, your shower, your light switches, your toaster, your, like, you name it, you pre program it into the computer Friday during the day and set it so that it's on a timer so that throughout Friday night and Saturday your house works for you so you don't have to work. Okay, that's cool. That's what we have in the 21st century. What they didn't have back then, what they didn't have back then, is they wanted to do like do work in their garden. This is what they would do, since they couldn't work on the Sabbath. What they would do was they would, this was their loophole, because they were able to do a little bit of work in their house. What they would do is they tie a rope around their waist, and then tie it to the inside of their house, so that then they could walk outside, and walk anywhere in the city with this long rope, because technically a part of them was still in their house. They were able to work outside. Like, they made a bunch of excuses for why they could work. But these folks who made all these excuses are saying, Jesus, you know, you can't, like, heal people on the Sabbath. Like, that's no good. Um, But the Pharisees, they freaked out. There was no joy. Uh, They were hard-hearted. They make lists uh, of either opposition or excuses why not to show mercy. Um, But... Uh, we must uh, show mercy in all things because we are going to have friends. And maybe you yourself are going to make a list like these Pharisees. So, the fourth thing okay, the first one was what? Gathered, Gathered, gather Yeah, gather frequently. The second one was observe compassionately. The third one was. Yeah, and the fourth one is expect adversity. Expect adversity. Bo, I'm going to ask you to come back up. Uh, we're going to play uh, the guitar, and we're going to do one or two more songs in worship. Uh, but uh, we're going to face opposition when it comes to showing mercy, just like you're going to face opposition when to people about Jesus. I mean, it's just a very real thing. Uh, and people are going to make lists uh, of excuses why they don't need mercy. They're going to make a list of excuses uh, why they don't need to hear about Jesus. But... Uh, we must pray what Jesus prayed for the church. Jesus prayed for the church uh, in Matthew chapter 25 uh, verse 35 through 40 that uh, we would have eyes to see what people are truly going through. Okay? Uh, Jesus wants us to be broken for the same things that breaks his heart. Okay? So when there's people who are sick, when there's people who are going through an uber hard time, okay? Jesus wants that to weigh heavy on our hearts. Okay, when you have a friend who's going through something really hard, it should be something that weighs heavy on your heart, okay, uh, not so that you can be like dragged down and sucked down into it with them, no, but so that you can stand with them and pick them up and pull them out of it, okay. How many of you guys have ever been in a hard time where you were just down and you felt like you needed a friend to help pick you up out of a situation? Yeah, I think we've all been there, okay, and here's the thing, since you've been there, since you know what that's all about, uh when you see people in that, go help them out, okay? Maybe you've been helped out by someone, okay? Remember what that feels like, and go show mercy. But the prayer that I have for myself, and this is something that I really need help with. I, I, I want to have my heart ache. I want to have my heart break when people are going through hard times. Uh, I want to feel what people are feeling like. Faces behind me. It's great. Uh, And and, and like, I want to understand and I want to experience and give that same mercy uh, that Jesus gave me. Okay? And so, that would be my prayer for you guys. Uh, So, so with every, uh, with every eye bowed, we're just going to pray. And we're going to pray just a simple prayer uh, that Jesus said uh, that we would have mercy uh, and, and that we would, uh, be given by His Holy Spirit uh, A greater measure of mercy uh, But also uh, Tonight Because I believe anytime uh, We preach the Bible Anytime we preach uh, Jesus uh, that There should be an opportunity If you've never uh, Had an experience with Jesus If you've never met Jesus uh, Jesus wants to meet you uh, Jesus when He dealt with this guy He said hey I don't just I don't just want to fix your broken body. Uh, I want to fix your soul, okay? And He says, "Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more." And that's the whole thing of the gospel. Hey, it's not a whole list of rules. It's not a whole list of regulations. Christianity is not about like being perfect, okay? Because we're not perfect. Uh, but Jesus says, "Hey, don't sin and follow me. Follow me. Follow me." And uh, so, so, so I just want to give you guys the opportunity tonight. If you've never made the decision. Uh, to follow Jesus. Uh, The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is God and that God raised Him from the dead, then we will be saved. Okay? And and, and it's as simple as that. Confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a very real deal. So I'm going to just invite you guys. uh, Let's let's all stand. You guys don't have to have your eyes closed right now. I know I said close your eyes, but I didn't. Uh I'm going to invite you guys all to stand, uh, and uh... now I'm going to ask you guys to all uh, close your eyes and bow your heads. I don't want anyone looking around. I just want this to be uh, a time between you and God, uh, but if you have never uh, said, I want to give my heart to Jesus, I want to live for Jesus, uh, I want to encourage you first and foremost, it's going to be uh, the greatest decision you ever make. The Bible tells us there is a very real heaven, there's a God of heaven who loves us, and he wants to spend an eternity with us, uh, but there's also a very real hell, uh, and aside from a relationship with Jesus, uh, if you don't know Jesus, you are going to spend an eternity in hell, uh, an eternal separation from God, uh, and, and that's a rough situation, you might say, well hey, it's okay, you know, I'm going to, I, I, I'll, I'll just do it later, I'll just do it later. Uh, you never know, right? and I don't want to, like, dampen in the mood or anything, but uh, uh, you can pull out of this place tonight, and uh, a car can swing by and hit you, uh, and you can die, okay? Uh, I have a friend of mine uh, who just lost their best friend uh, in a car accident. It happens. People die, okay? Uh, and, and I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm trying to scare you, okay? If you've never given your heart to Jesus, there's no time like the present. So with every eye closed and with every head bowed, I'm just going to ask a simple question. Uh, if you want to tonight uh, say, I'm going to follow Jesus, uh, I'm just am going to encourage you to extend a hand in the air. It's just me and God who are going to see. It. The only reason I want to see it is just so I can say, hey, I see you, I'm praying for you. Uh, all right, I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Awesome. Awesome. Well, the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then we're saved. Uh, so let's just all uh, declare Jesus Christ is Lord together uh, out loud. Let's do it now. Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. And now the prayer that I want to have with with every eye uh, bowed, every head closed, or every head bowed and eye closed. Uh, if you want to just uh, experience more of the mercy of Jesus, and if you want the Spirit to give you more mercy in your lives, so that you can share mercy with those uh, who you see hurting. Uh, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand, and we're going to pray that God fills you more with this Holy Spirit to, to, to share that mercy. So if you want to extend more mercy to folks, let me know just by raising your hand. Awesome. It's awesome. Well, let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much. God, we thank you that uh, God, you're a God who loves us. Uh, God, that, that, that you care for us. God, we thank you that you've been merciful towards us. Uh, God, and I just pray for each and every single person who raised their hand tonight. Uh, God, asking uh, for more mercy. God, so that they can give more mercy. God, I pray right now that you, by your Holy Spirit, who gives freely, who gives liberally, uh, God, I just pray that he would uh, pour out uh, his gift of mercy on these folks, God. and In their everyday life, God, that they would experience more and more what it means to have mercy, God, and what it means to share God I pray that you would give us eyes to see people the way that you see people. God that we would not just see people but that we would perceive beyond what we can see. God that we would reach out and we would meet the need only through your spirit. God I pray that you would give us a heart uh, God that you would break our heart. heart for what breaks yours. God that we would uh, God that we would hurt when people are hurting. God that when people are in need God we would reach out to try and fill those needs. God, I pray that each and every single one of us, God, would experience more and more love. God, and that we would be able to give that love to the people around us. God, the love that you have given us, God, I pray that we would extend that love. So God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, your word tells us that if we believe it, we receive it. And so, God, we believe now that, God, you by your spirit have poured out more mercy on us, God, so that we can go share more mercy. So, God, we thank you and we praise you. Go with us as we go from this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.